0: All right, well, I am excited about my guests today. They are Michael and Jessica Pope. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Well,
1: thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Um, Mike and Jess were neighbors of mine for several years back uh, when we lived in Wake Forest, and we also went to the same church, which wouldn't be weird for most neighbors, except for the fact that our church at the time was about 45 minutes to an hour away, so I think God was definitely up to something when he made us neighbors, and I'm super grateful for the time that we spent together there growing and learning more about God. So their story, individually and together as a married couple, is a beautiful example of the Holy Spirit and how he just persistently pursues us. Mm. And because I was their neighbor, I was privileged to have front row seats to <laughs> <laughs> witness that part of their story. Uh, I thought we could start off with just kind of giving me a quick individual summary of your life with God before I met you guys. So who wants to start?
1: Would you take that away?
2: Okay. So I grew up attending church with my family and learned all those wonderful Sunday school lessons and got the head knowledge and I really have always had a love and a passion to get to know the Lord but I didn't have the tools and the resources and, the, and I wasn't instructed on how to do that and so I just continued to go to church and did Did the right thing, Um, but it wasn't until my freshman year in high school where the Lord just captured my heart and called me to Him, and I surrendered my life to Him, and I just entered into a relationship, finally. From there, um, I'm going to fast forward. I went to NC State, was on the cheerleading team, and really tried to make that my mission field. I felt like the Lord had positioned me there to, um, introduce God to my teammates. And so then I graduated college and felt led to jump right into seminary and get my master's in biblical counseling. Well, my entire background in the church was, I was raised in a denomination that didn't embrace the Holy Spirit and how he moves and operates in our lives on a daily basis. So in, um, the seminary that I attended was that similar background and, um, my biblical counseling education was very much rooted in the Word, which I love that that season really um, cultivated in me a heart for the Word of God. But after graduating seminary, I really came to a, this crossroads where I'm like, this can't be it. Oh, there's got to be more. Woo-hoo. Yes. <laughs> and... Um, Because honestly, when I graduated graduated seminary, I was almost as if I felt as if I was like the elite, you know, spiritually elite. I have this master's degree and I went through all these years of seminary and, you know, I was raised in the church. And, you know, Paul says, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And Mm. I felt like I was just puffed up with this head knowledge. And after Michael and I got married, following my graduation from seminary, like I said, I began to search and search for more because I I was not satisfied with with my relationship with the Lord. I just knew that this could not be it. And so after getting married, there was a season of five months where I wasn't working and I didn't have children. All I had was a dog and a husband, and so I would wake up each morning, and um, for those five months, I would make sure the house was clean and food was on the table when my husband came home from work. But in between those two duties, like I sought the Lord like I never had before. I would sit on the floor Indian style, put on worship music and just seek after him. But let me back up real quick. My parents had gone on a mission trip to Ecuador. And when they returned, they began to share some testimonies. And this is really when the hunger started to develop within me and I began to realize that there is so much more and I didn't know how to get it or or what but I just was hungry but they shared testimonies of people being healed and delivered and I'm like what (laughs) and I remember listening to their testimonies and I was just tears flowing down my eyes because I knew that that was the ministry of Jesus Mm -hmm. I knew the word I knew he did those things But I wasn't seeing it in my life, and I certainly wasn't seeing it in the churches that I had been a part of and in my brothers and sisters in Christ. I just, I wanted it so bad. So um, for those next five months, I began to search the Lord, and I'm like, Lord, just teach me. And honestly, a verse that really pierced my heart that He illuminated to me in Scripture was Matthew 11, 25. It says, um, Jesus is saying to the father, I thank you, father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. So the Lord really had to get me to a place where I was humble and childlike. And I just opened up my hands and I said, Lord, teach me. I want to know your heart and I want to receive all that you have for me. And this idea of baptism of the Holy Spirit, I had heard through various people along the way in my journey with the Lord growing up. But I had resisted because Mm -hmm. I didn't understand Mm -hmm. it. And it certainly wasn't taught from the pulpit, nor was it (laughs) taught in seminary. So I had resisted it for so long. But at this point, I'm like, Lord, if, if this is something you have for me, then I want it. And I pushed aside all of man's teachings and literally just sat before the Lord felt like Mary sitting on his feet soaking in his words I would I would open the word and I'd have various translations on the floor but all beside me and I would just say Holy Spirit teach me and it is amazing how he began to unveil all these truths from scripture that I had read for so many years
0: so let me stop you there um, I'm gonna switch to Michael. I'm gonna have you share kind of your uh, walk with God up until this point too, um, because at this point you're married. Um, so let me let me start with that.
1: Yeah. So I grew up with a knowledge of the things of God. I would go to church with an aunt um, and my grandma. Sometimes we would we would go. My sister and I and I just remember that there were times where. I wasn't going necessarily for church itself, though. I did have fun. I mean, like you know, friends were there. We would do some fun stuff or whatever. But I was I was going because my cousin was there. I was going, you know, just for other reasons other than God. Mm-hmm. But when I was there, I found myself enjoying the stories. Um, Revelations, a pretty cool book for a ten year old ten <laughs> year old kid. So you know, you start hearing about dragons and beasts and oh yeah you know, swords and all these different things. And you're like, man, this sounds really fun. I want to be, uh, I want to hear more of these stories. And so I can just remember going to church every once in a blue moon, you know, most of the time though, when I was staying with my cousin. And then you fast forward to probably middle school, middle school. I mean, in front of everybody. And as far as everyone knew, I was just this, you know, A, B student, a really good kid, well-mannered, but behind the scenes, you know, it's was just a completely different person, you know, um, lots of lots of different skeletons in the closet that not many people knew about, but I would run to for for comfort. And I was probably freshman year of high school is when uh, my best friend invited me to come to his church for a weekend, D-Now weekend, discipleship, high school thing. And I just remember saying, well, I don't have anything better to do. <laughs> And so, so God loves to take
0: advantage of those opportunities, doesn't He? He
1: absolutely does. And so (laughs) I just said, I don't have anything to do, so I'll go. I had a lot of friends that went to the same church. And so that's why I said, we'll go. And it was probably the second night that I met Jesus Mm -hmm. in a real tangible way. Mm -hmm. I had spent many years knowing at least who He was. I'd heard about Him, even participated in prayers, had even sung some songs about Him. But that was the first time that I can remember actually meeting and saying, you know, I I want what He offers. Mm You know, so I guess at that point, I could sense and at least see an almost immediate change in how I lived. Um, and so I started attending that church and started to, to kind of grow some roots and, into reading God's word and, and trying to figure out who I am, all the while still struggling with skeletons in my closet and everything. And eventually ended up going to uh, the same seminary that Jessica went to. Uh, they had a college at that point, And so I started going to that college. And ultimately w- what happened is I went there because it was convenient for what I wanted to do in my life at that time. Which you know, was? I was in a band at that time. And I was <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to. I can just go to this school. I can still be in the band. And, you know, that's what everything focused around. I actually dropped out uh, three semesters in Mm. because I needed a break. Like things spiritually for me had just gone into a downward spiral. It was was just bad. And so I took some time off, went back to uh, tech school in Durham and got my associates. And at the same time, started to be discipled by my college pastor a little bit and then decided to go back. And started the, the process over again, and that's probably when I really started to see this journey kind of take place. Mm-hmm. And so I met Jessica in 2008 mm-hmm. um, on Facebook. She won't tell you. <laughs> she won't tell you that, but that's what happened. And so I met her on Facebook, and then uh, we began dating up until yeah. I mean, and there were a lot of things that happened uh, just with our relationship in those two and a half years before we got married. But eventually, we got married, and our first job was over at a church in reedsville north carolina mm-hmm. and it was there in reedsville that she began to at least go into this seeking out of holy spirit mm-hmm. and, and who he is and it wasn't it didn't cause any tension or anything at that point in our marriage um, it wasn't until we got back to wake force that things started to get to a i don't know how to say it but get to a point to where things started to we started to clash a little bit whatever but yeah that's that was me. Started playing guitar when I was a junior in high school. That's that's another testimony in and of itself. <laughs> and um, started doing worship and things like that, which is kind of what brought us into... It's actually how we... One of the things right after we met is that's where our relationship really started to take ground is when uh, the church she was attending at that time asked me to be their worship leader. Okay. And so
0: All right. Yeah. So you guys are now married. and Like you said, Jessica is, is now seeking the things of the Spirit uh, it wasn't a huge thing for you, then you get back to Wake Forest, you move next to me, woohoo, best time of your life.
1: <laughs> it was, it was a good time. It was a good time, that was, was our first good. home, that was like our first purchased home, and you know, a lot of things happened there, so.
0: All right, so why don't you explain a little bit about what that was like with, um, you kind of, two two different places a little bit with what God was doing in your life.
2: So, we're in Wake Forest, and at the time we were helping some friends um, plant a church and we were on leadership. And um, I just remember I was just so in love with the Lord like never before. And I would spend literally my entire Saturdays with him. Mm. And Michael totally did not understand. He thought it was weird. And even I remember him saying, well, if this is what happens when you walk into this, the more and receive fresh revelation of who God really is in the Holy Spirit and intimacy with Him. I don't want it. He's like, I like my Saturdays too much. And I don't know if you remember that, but I remember specifically to this day, the conversation was in the car. And you were just frustrated with my spending my entire Saturdays upstairs in the bedroom with Jesus. And, and that probably, looking back, that might not have been the most wise thing to do. At the time, because of my husband being in a totally different place spiritually. But I there was no other place I wanted to be. Like He was my first love. And I was just beginning to experience the Lord in new ways. And I couldn't get enough of it. It's like when you eat physical food, you get full and you don't want any more food. But when you eat spiritual food Mm -hmm. and you're in the presence of the Lord and you're feasting on Him, you get more hungry. Mm -hmm. And so you just keep eating. So that's where I, I... was at. And, um, it just caused a lot of tension in our marriage. In fact, I would still to this day say that it was probably the most painful year or so that I've ever walked through simply because he was my best friend. He's my husband. And I know scripture talks about couples being unequally yoked believer and non-believer, but I felt unequally yoked with him because we were in two different playing fields, not playing fields, but spiritually. We were in two different places, and he was not open at that time to the things of the Spirit. He he was resisting. I would try and share my dreams and the visions and the words that the Lord was speaking to me in the night, and and he would shoot them down, and it crushed me. Mm -hmm. So it was a very, very painful time. A lot of wounds were created. Praise the Lord. He has restored (laughs) us and wounds— You know, he's placed his healing hand upon them, and he's done a great, mighty work in our marriage since then. Um, But it was so hard. Um, I think he can speak more on his perspective during that time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that probably, I don't know, probably one of the hardest things during that time was, like she said, she would spend all of her Saturday, and any of her time that she had, she she would spend it, you know, reading the Word or praying or whatever. And just as a husband, like, you know, I'll work all week, and... I serve on a church. I've got these rehearsals, and I got all these things. And like Saturday was like really the only day that that <laughs> we had that was just for us. And so I think part of the resistance that she she mentioned and talked about was just this resistance. It's like you're you're taking this from me. Yeah, like you yeah. you're taking my wife, and you know I know that she's your that you loved her first, and I know <laughs> that she was a gift to me. But it's like how can you give her to me and then you take her wow. back? Like it's like you're you know, and it was just a very frustrating time. And it was, it was hard. So when she would come and share these things, I didn't want to hear about it because there was, there was a, a resistance and there was kind of an anger.
0: Resentment. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of a bitterness
1: yeah. that was kind of built up. I didn't, I didn't want any part of that. Um, at this point, I was just angry. I just, I wanted, I wanted that time with her. I wanted that time to be able to sit down and, and talk and, and, whatever. and now, granted, there was some selfishness on my part, I, we've already acknowledged, because easily we could have talked about what God's doing in her life and what what she's learning. But because of the subject matter and how I was already feeling yeah. to what was taking place, I, that's not what I wanted our conversation to be about. Mm-hmm. And so that was, uh, it was very challenging. It was a very challenging time, you know, considering that we, like she said, we were planting a church, and so I was on staff with that church. And I felt like I was riding the fence. I felt like I had one foot in this camp and one foot in the other camp. And I felt like I was being split. Mm -hmm. You know, it's my wife and my best friend. I have to support her. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I may not agree with everything or whatever, but I have to, like I have to support her. But at the same time, I have been called and have responsibilities that I have to maintain. And there are certain things that I have to walk in in order to do this. And so I just felt like I was being tugged in two different ways. And so it, it was one of those times that I I did not want to do. I mean, just the position that I was in, I didn't want to do this and I didn't want to do this, but I have to do this. And if there are any issues because we're husband and wife. So she was on a leadership team. She would be, she would be asked. And there was a part where she didn't feel like she had a voice. And I remember this specifically, she didn't feel like she had a voice and was able to talk to the leader. So if she f- had something stirring in her spirit that either she was concerned with or that it, it, you name it, could have been anything. Mm-hmm. She, um, she would come to me, and I'm like, Well, if you got an issue or if you need to talk, <laughs> you need to go talk don't to them. You did not want to
0: be the middleman. I yeah. am
1: not going to mm-hmm. play the middleman in this. You need to go talk to them. Mm-hmm. And so that put her in a position where she felt like she didn't have a husband, she didn't have a helpmate, she felt like she was alone. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I've got the leaders over here saying, hey, man, what's going on at your house? Because mm-hmm. we can, I mean, we're sensing there's something going on with Jess. And and so when she feels resistance, then she she would buck up. And so I'm like, y'all got an issue. <laughs> y'all need to go talk to her. Like, I just, I didn't want to be. <laughs> stuck just, in the middle. I just didn't want to be yeah. that. because it, it was the hardest. I mean, it was one of the hardest positions that I've ever had to be in.
0: And you love, and you guys both love people really hard. And so that's also part of, you know, you're stuck between people and wanting to love them well and, and truth. And sometimes that can be divisive. So, and
1: I mean, these, these were people that, you know, I mean, one of the people on the staff, I mean, they were not even one of the people, a couple in this where they were in, they were in our wedding. Like Mm -hmm. these, these were very close friends. Mm -hmm. And so it was very, very hard, very hard to be put in that, um, to be put in that position
0: so then you guys, this is about the time when we started to get to know each other, mm-hmm. yes. right about, right about the, the apex of all the tension of, of yeah. this.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, so why don't you share kind of how uh, God started working this out and started shifting things around?
1: I'll start this round, and then we'll, we'll go. We'll go back to Jessica. I'll say for me that the thing started to really kind of take a shift is if you remember some of those skeletons that I had mentioned, Jessica approached me one day and asked me a question about, she had asked me a question about my faithfulness Mm -hmm. and my purity. And of course I lied because fear causes you to do so many different things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I lied and she was like, she asked me twice and I lied (laughs) twice. And then she said, do you have anything that you need to tell me about? And I was like, well, why would you even ask this question? Mm. And she began to share with me that she had a dream. And this dream was pretty descriptive of kind of what was going on. And I just remember not even fear flooding me, Mm. but like this. It's hard to explain. I mean, there there was a unsettledness in me because obviously no one likes to no one likes to to be exposed. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, there was this, there was this like awe. There was this kind of like shock and awe. Mm-hmm. Like, like, wow. And it was in that moment that I realized that the Lord first and foremost speaks to his people through dreams. Mm-hmm. Never really considered that. But I was like, okay, so he has spoken to my wife. That's the only way that she would know this. <laughs> and so he has spoken to my wife and then, um, number two, I was just overwhelmed with this sense of love. Like mm-hmm. he loves me, mm-hmm. like that God loves me. Like he didn't share this with her because he is trying to harm me. He shared this with her because he loves me. Then mm-hmm. he's trying to create this oneness in this marriage and this. And so that I just remember being like really happy about that. And I remember we probably went outside and you know, we had a deck at our townhouse and, if you remember, and we I think we sat out there for probably two hours or three hours and just talked. Like and it was nice. I mean, I enjoyed it. Like it was but it was a it was one of those moments that like, well, I might not be as resistant to this as, as I thought. I had grown up in circles where, you know, the the catchphrase, open but cautious concerning things of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. was rampant. And so it was like everybody would say it, but I realized for me it was just a cover. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a crutch. Like I'm not open. I just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And so I'm open, but I'm really cautious. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just going to keep it at arm's distance. And mm-hmm. I remember that that was, I mean, that was probably the start of at least me being open mm-hmm. to, to these things. Now, I was not very... I don't think I was fully on board at this point. I think this this was just kind of foot getting foot wet. I was hanging out on the stairs at the pool. Yeah, I hadn't gone waist deep yet, <laughs> but the water does seem kind of it's kind of nice. It's not too frigid to where I don't want to be here. Yeah. So it was. I don't know. That was probably the start of, of things. I mean, it certainly wasn't the end of the tension, but it was definitely the start.
2: At that time. A friend of mine who was just coming into the things of the Spirit as well received a dream from the Lord that we got married. I'll never forget that day. She picked up the phone and she called me and she said, I just had a dream and I really don't understand it. She said, in this dream, you and Michael got married. She's like, I don't get it because you're already married. I "I knew exactly (laughs) what that dream was symbolizing. And it was that there would be a a reuniting, but it would be a spiritual reuniting. And so the Lord in through that dream was giving me a prophetic promise that Michael would come into, Mm -hmm. come into the things of the spirit. It it was only a matter of time. So, um, (laughs) it definitely felt like things got worse after Mm -hmm. that, which usually happens when you Mm -hmm. receive a prophetic promise, things go the exact opposite way. (laughs) The enemy comes in like a flood But I clung to that promise like a football, and I was not going to let the enemy knock me off of that promise. And so I just continued to thank the Lord for what he was doing in Michael's heart, though I couldn't see it. I knew it was a spiritual work that he was doing. And so I just tried to remain steadfast, and I would try and share, but I was a little more... Cautious, I, I would really try and seek the Lord on what I shared, and try and be very selective, mm-hmm. and not to overload Him with all this information. But it was so hard, like when I was receiving all these um, these experiences and this revelation. You're excited. You want to I share? To share, yeah. of course. I wanted him to. In. Yeah. I wanted to share it with my best yeah. friend, but it was it was very painful. Um, so I felt the Lord revealed to me in multiple ways that it was time to step away from the church plant that we had been a part of. We had been a part of and, um, Michael did not feel it was time to leave, but I knew that God was calling us out. And I knew that he was calling us out for a very strategic reason. Michael was about to step into something Mm -hmm. new and he had to be removed from that position to where he could just get alone with the Lord and and hear his voice for his own. And so I'll let him share how that happened.
1: I mean, so we were just in a moment of tension. I mean, obviously our marriage was just kind of in the spot and I haven't figured, I haven't had any of this breakthrough revelation that she keeps telling me about that it's time to leave the church. I'm like, no, we, we bought a house. Like we are... We're you're invested. We're invested yes. here, you know. And I know that you're checking out, but we're invested here. And it got to the point to where she really didn't want to go to church on Sundays anymore. And I was like, "Well, this doesn't look good. If you're not coming to church, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm on staff and I'm a worship leader, and when you're not here, it doesn't make me look good. Mm. Like it doesn't. <laughs> like, and I say that in a, I say that in a way that it sounds." I mean, it sounds very self-centered and self-focused. but And, and I guess in a way it was because it, her absence was exposing our marriage. It was mm-hmm. exposing there were, division. That, that we were not on the same page. And people saw that and they were picking up on that. And I had people telling me, you need to learn how to shepherd your wife. Like, you need to do this and you need to do that. And I'm sitting here like, you need to stay out of it. You have no <laughs> idea. Like, you have no idea, literally no idea what is going on right now. Yeah. You know, what I mean, just leading up to it though, I can I can remember specific instances of seeing small growth take place from that first day that um, the Lord exposed sin to her, and uh, at the same time began to restore me. It's like, hey, I love you. Like that's that's what this is for. It's mm-hmm. it's to make you more like my son. It's to create a wonderful unity with you and your wife. Like that's, that's what the gifts of the spirit are for. Mm. It's for your edification, not your destruction. And I was like, man, that's, that's good. (laughs) And so I remember, I remember like one, one Sunday, I remember specifically being there and a joke about tongues was said at the church. And uh, I remember that that day, like I felt so uncomfortable I'm sitting here. Like I've I've participated in these jokes before. Why do I feel Mm. so uncomfortable with this? And that day I, To me, it just felt like it was the most absent service Mm -hmm. that had ever taken place. And I'm like, and I remember having a conversation with that person and saying, look, I would just be very hesitant to joke. I think that if we do that, then we are telling Holy Spirit he's not welcome. It's like you're you're picking on him or you're just you're prodding him and making fun of him, almost as if we don't need him. It's a joke. And I was like, I just don't know if we should do that anymore. Now I can see my growth and I can see how Things were progressing, but really where everything came to a head is that Jessica decided she was going to go on this mission trip. And she was going on this mission trip to Ecuador that her mom and dad had previously been on for a couple of years already. And so I was like, that's great. I have to stay. I have to work. You know, we need to watch our dog Rocky. I'm fine. Yeah, you go. And I remember it was probably the third day in to her trip. She had sent me an email And in this email, she had told me uh, that she had left me a letter in my bedside table and that I needed to read it, that she felt that it was time for me to read that letter. Mm -hmm. Um, And I won't go into all the details of the letter, but basically she had just said that she had reason to believe that the Lord was calling us out and she's had it for months and that basically I had had a stiff ear. Uh, to it, and she was no longer going to attend the church. Mm-hmm. It was one of those moments that, as a staff leader, you're like, <laughs> like <laughs> "What? Like this?" It kind oh, of brings
0: you sh- to a point of decision yourself.
1: It, it brings you to this yeah. point, like, "How in the world did we even get here?" Like, mm-hmm. so I'm rolling the decks, and I'm playing the past year and a half to two years, and I'm like, "How do we even get to this point to where, in a letter?" She is breaking up with the church that 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 I'm on staff at that we've committed to and just basically saying, you can go if you want, but I won't be there with you. Mm. I'm like, man, this is wild. And I remember sitting down and I was just saying, well, I've only got two options. You know, I said, I can I can keep going and we can continue to be divided. And I said, or even though I don't even know if I agree fully with where she's at, I knew that the other option was that I'm going to have to step back because my family is not in is not in alignment with what God has intended for the family. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not it's not where it should be. How can I continue to devote to devote myself to a ministry when my wife and I are like struggling to breathe? Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. That doesn't make sense. And so I remember just thinking, and I probably sat on the couch for 30 minutes and 45 minutes and just time going by. And then all of a sudden I got on YouTube, I got on, I got on the computer, and I got on YouTube and I don't even know how I'd heard the name of the movie Father of Lights. Like mm. I'm not even sure yeah. where I heard that from it actually may have even been you. I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know where we heard it, but I ended up finding this on YouTube because it wasn't on Netflix mm. and I found it on YouTube. And I rented it through YouTube. I mean, I paid like five bucks to watch it. And I watched the whole thing in one sitting right then, I don't know why, but I just did. And at the end of that film, I can just remember that I had like glazed donuts in my eyes. Was just, <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't weeping, but I certainly was just overcome. And anyone who hasn't seen that movie, I encourage you to watch it. I um, mean, you'll see what I'm talking about. But by the end of the movie... I had, I asked myself, I even physically said it out loud. I'm like, either this is all a sham mm. or this is legit, like legitimately real. Mm. Not once in this film have I heard them give uh, glory to man. Not once in this film have I seen anything that I have not seen in scripture or at least something like it being portrayed in scripture. I said, so I just determined in my mind that it was real. I was like, okay, this is, this is real. This is. I'm going to determine that this is happening now. These gifts have not ceased. This type of movement of God has not stopped. It did not stop. And so I got got back on the internet and I sent her an email and I just said, listen, you don't have to explain anything to me anymore right now. I said, we just need to talk when you get home. I said, I need to know why you think it's time for us to leave. And so I said, but I love you. Continue to do ministry, do your thing, and, you know, I'll, I'll see you, you know, when you get back. Um, you know, went and picked her up from the uh, airport, and we went and got a burger because she was craving a burger. And then <laughs> on the way home from Briar Creek area, um, it was about a 30 to 35-minute drive. We had a conversation. I just said, you need to tell me. I mean, you need to tell me why you believe it's time for us to, to go. I don't know. Is that, I mean, is that something that you want to share those? I mean, I don't think it's relevant yeah. per se. Like, what are your emotions? Like when you wrote that letter, I haven't even asked you. <laughs> like, I've never even asked you like, what what prompted you to write that? Or... No, I
2: just think it's funny. I'm remembering I, I used multicolored markers to make it more gentle. <laughs> not that the, not that the words on the page were harsh, but just that I knew that this was going to rock his world. Mm. But I just want to say that it was, Pretty miraculous how things turned around so quickly. I did not anticipate the Lord softening his heart and moving and stirring upon his heart. So I anticipated him picking me up from the airport and us getting in a very heated discussion mm-hmm. on the way home. But it was nothing of the sort. It was pretty amazing. He just said, "Oh, well, Okay. And he met with the pastor either the next day or the next two days later. And I mean, I just remember the Lord saying when he met with the pastor, I'll take care of him because I was concerned about Michael. I was concerned, how is this meeting going to go? And everything just was like so beautifully orchestrated by God. Everything fell into place. And after we were led out together, that's when it got a little rocky again because Michael was challenged with, okay, what now, Mm -hmm. you know?
1: the conversation that she's talking about is this realization that she felt like I was taking sides and she needed to know that I trusted her, even though I didn't agree with her that I trusted her, that I was on her side, that, it you know, I would never choose someone else or something else over her. And so I just purposed in my mind, I said, okay. And I even told her, I, I don't know if I agree with you yet. I don't know if it is our time, but I'm going to trust you. I'm just going to trust you. And I'm going to trust what, what you believe you've heard from the Lord. And so We had a staff meeting the next evening, and I remember um, calling the pastor and just saying, hey, I need to, if we can, can we meet earlier? And he was like, yeah, that's not a problem. And so we sat down, and I remember the whole day at work, I remember wrestling like, oh, my goodness, pit of your stomach, just, I'm not (laughs) looking forward to this. Because, again, this is a great friend of mine. This is You know, I tend to be very loyal. I I go overboard loyal sometimes. And I just, it was just, it was crushing me the weight of this. And I remember getting in the car and heading over there after work and going to meet him. And I remember praying in the car and just said, God, I, I don't know if I, out loud, I don't know if I agree with Jessica right now, but I trust her and I'm trusting you. You have to be the one to confirm this for me. I have wrestled with this all day. I'm doing this because I trust her, but I need you to show me. Like I need you to confirm that this is the right thing. And so I remember having that conversation that she just talked about, and I basically said, "Can I pray?" <laughs> and we prayed, and I remember just saying, "All right, I'm going to cut to the chase. Uh, our time is up. Mm. I can't. I can't tell you where we're going because I don't know. I don't have anything lined up. He has not called us anywhere, but." He's called us out and I'm sorry. I don't know how to tell you that. And after about a five to 10 second pause, he said, well, you know, Michael, I I can't tell you this, this shocks me because I've asked you to do something that you weren't built to do. Mm. So like there was clearly, he was seeing that there was more that the Lord wanted to do or at least call out of me, but I was somewhat limited in what was going on. And I just remember at that moment when he told me that, there was just a peace. Like there was mm. that knot that I had the entire day had just been completely unwound. And I was just, there was just a rest and a peace. And I just said, man, like this, this is good. Like this is, <laughs> this is a good feeling that I have right now. And so we just began to make preparations for um, the transition and the exit, which I think was maybe a month to a month and a half later. And we just waited I think we didn't do anything. She wanted to. She had already had a church in mind, kind of, that I think she wanted to go to, which was Hope, because her mom and dad had already Mm -hmm. started to go there. Yeah. 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 But we didn't know that at the time. If you remember. Don't you remember? We didn't know that because we hadn't really. We didn't really have a. Uh, relationship <laughs> at this time because you had just had a drug addict move out next door and you weren't you weren't really I wasn't
0: a little shy <laughs> towards my neighbors <laughs> you, after the experience you, that
1: we had. You weren't really talking to anybody at that time, um, mm-hmm. but we just waited. I mean, I just purpose and said, if he's called us out, then he's going to call us too, and we're going to wait. And so we didn't go anywhere for probably a month and a half or two months. So Sunday mornings, we would just spend the weekend hanging out at house. We'd do whatever. And then I even went to visit a couple of churches uh, without her just to kind of, because I thought that, well, we moved here. Clearly this is where we're supposed to be. So we need to be worshiping in our community, which I'm still a very big proponent of worship in the place you live, because that is where you are going to have the greatest impact. And I was looking and searching for that and we didn't find it. And then eventually she it's like, can you just come with me? I was, I was <laughs> so reluctant. I'm like, I do not want to drive 40 minutes to church. But I said, yeah, yeah, finally, we'll we'll go. We'll go. And I still remember I remember that day. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember the feeling that I had when I walked in. I remember what was taking place on the stage for music. Mm. I remember everything about that Sunday. Mm. Um
0: and I I know for you, Jessica, it was probably like such a long process in, in some ways because you've gone through this for years now, like kind of with your journey. But um, it was interesting from my side to kind of see. Um, the changes, because I wasn't a part of it since the beginning. But I, I did I did know that you were kind of resistant towards that. And I would, I would talk to you guys about hope. And I had already seen Jessica there, but you were kind of like, no, I don't think I'm going to go there. And and then a couple weeks later, you're like, well, maybe I'll go there and just check it out. And then a couple weeks later, you're like, I don't, I don't want to get too tied down, but I think I'm going to go for a little bit. And then it's just like God was just kind of persistently mm-hmm. calling that out of you, the desire to have the things of the
1: Spirit. I just needed a break. I think that that was one of the things too, is that I just needed a break. I had been doing ministry since I was in high school. Um, everywhere I'd gone, I was in some role, some leadership, had some mm-hmm. expectations yeah. set upon me. I had some sort of responsibility, I, and I was just getting. I just there was a point where I was just burned out, and so just to be able to go somewhere, not have any expectations, we don't, we don't, <laughs> <laughs> just nothing um, was nice. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was still resistant you even sitting there i mean we we went six months before i even (laughs) spoke to any any person in leadership Mm -hmm. about anything and it was about six months i remember yeah it was even on a sunday it was the same sunday and i was sitting there and i'm like lord i you know i'm glad that we're here thank you for the church but i said don't you want to give me somewhere to go where we live you know so that we can worship and minister to the community or whatever and Um, I mean surely this isn't where you want us to be and he said well why are you so concerned like it was almost like he was speaking to me like it was there but you know I didn't hear a voice but it was just this thought that just came to mind it was like there it was like well why are you so consumed with where you're going to be when I have you here now Mm -hmm. like why are you so looking towards tomorrow Mm -hmm. when today is where you are and I was like man so she had already been involved in some of the small group type stuff, or at least the, the seminars and things. So I went and talked to Trevor that, that Sunday, that day. And after I heard that in the seat, I went to him and said, look, I don't know if you need any help. I play music. I don't know if you need any worship leaders or whatever. I said, but if if you need somebody, feel free to give me a call. Um, and I was it was probably within the next like two weeks that, mm-hmm. <laughs> that I was on that I was on the platform and leading mm-hmm. leading which is unheard of no one not knows.
0: only yeah not only leading but like I mean I remember you going kind of into spontaneous worship and stuff that that it didn't seem like that was what you were used to in the past like mm-hmm. kind of taking extra steps of faith and and even watching you like I remember when you guys um, for Halloween, Mm-hmm. Uh you guys had a table set outside with candy and, and apple cider and a, a sign that said prayer. And um, we were sitting out there just talking to the people that came by. And I remember some kids coming by and and you asked if anybody needed prayer. And just some of the ways that your prayers had changed, even the way that you were praying for people, praying mm-hmm. with just amazing amounts of faith, giving prophetic words. Um, I remember a kid that was kind of mocking the whole thing, saying, you yeah, I need prayer. I need Tons of extra candy to be multiplied in my bag. And and, I remember you saying, you know what? God can do it. And you were like, Holy Spirit, I just pray for this bag of candy. And you just were going to town about that bag of candy. And it was just so cool to like kind of sit back and, and know kind of, you know, what you were thinking previous and then, and then see how quickly God can just really, you know, change your mind about a lot of different things.
1: I was trying to learn what it meant to step out on faith and believe God for big things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you're not usually taught that, at least the church that I was that I was a part of growing up and where I met Jesus, it wasn't about asking God for big things. It was about asking God for his will. You know, it's just, you know, whatever your will is, we'll do it. You uh-huh. know, they're not actually making a request. Mm-hmm. And now I remember that kid. I think he wanted you him- <laughs> I think, I think he wanted like two bags of candy or two pillowcases. He had a pillowcase and one of the two. Multiply a he, he wanted two pillowcases. And <laughs> I, think, I think my prayer was that he would just get home and when he dumps out this candy, it would yep. just keep coming. Yep. It, would just keep like yep, it would just keep falling. Like a clown car. It would just keep falling. I don't remember that. <laughs> it just makes you laugh.
2: Well, I was just going to say, um, not to totally change the subject, but... I remember one of the conversations that we had in the midst of the intensity and heat. Michael said, you're just not the same woman I married. Mm. And part of me was extremely hurt by that comment. But the other part is was like, I'm not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the Lord has radically transformed me. And I honestly felt more born again through this revelation and through the baptism than I did when I was born again as a freshman in high school. Mm. So Michael would even say, I don't want to speak for you, Michael, but I remember you saying that you couldn't deny what God was doing in my life. I mean, it was so obvious, Mm. and I'm not boasting. I'm just boasting in the Holy Spirit and how he transforms. Mm. I was not the same woman. Um, There was a boldness that had arisen, and there was just just a radical change. I know that (laughs) I didn't walk it out totally. Looking back, I, I wish I had been counselled to love. <laughs> I wish I had been counselled to love my husband through that, and I wish no. I had been counselled to love my brothers and sisters in the faith who hadn't come to that revelation of who the Holy Spirit is and how we can know Him into and know the Lord intimately through the Holy Spirit, who is the Lord. So I just I wish, looking back, that I had learned to love them, and even I recall the Lord. Giving me that verse in the night, 1 Corinthians 13. Mm. Love, Jessica, you need to love. So, there again, it's like knowledge puffs, puffs up, mm-hmm. revelation puffs up. But um, it was a different puffed upness, I guess you could say. I, I was just so excited and passionate about God. It was a fire. Mm. And I wanted everybody to know it. And if you didn't know it and you resisted it when I shared it, <laughs> I was like, how can how you dare do this?
0: You. <laughs>
2: yeah. So,
0: um, so for the, the the last few minutes, why don't you guys share? Kind of, you know, you guys have now both fully embraced the Holy Spirit. You're hearing His voice. You're learning to walk in His ways. You're you're trying to figure out what the more means and and the extent of that in your lives. So kind of sum up like the last few years and how that's been.
2: Well, one thing that sticks out is when I sought the Lord those five months shortly after we got married, and I and I received revelation of who he is more so than all those years of seminary and beyond. It didn't stop there. He's He continues to tell me, Jessica, I have more for you. There is more for you. I want more for you. And over and over and over, there's more. Always there's more. And I love that about the abundant life in the kingdom, that there's no end to the more. Mm. It never stops. It's always the beginning. So... For me, I just continue to pursue the Lord and make the secret place. I think the secret place has been key for me in my journey with the Lord is developing that intimacy early in the mornings before the rush of the day and the demands of the day begin, Um, just seeking the heart of the Father, reading His Word and Holy Spirit, just illuminating new truths. And so... Over the past year, since our little one was born, I've had more of a down season again to where I can, where the Lord has just been pouring into me. Um, he's begun to unveil my destiny. And so here again, he's given me another prophetic promise that I'm running with and holding tightly to and waiting for his release and commission. So I am really in a time of training and preparation and just trying to be a faithful steward with um, this season and the prophetic promise that he's given me and just just trying to seek his face. And he keeps telling me step out of the boat. So I'm at a place where he was calling me to activate my faith, that the intimacy is there and I just need to maintain that. And now he's calling me to, "Okay, Jessica, your faith is dead or useless without action. So That's where I'm at. That doesn't really speak to us as a couple, but that's me individually.
1: When we had spoken to April about doing this a couple of days ago or a night ago or whatever, like what's one thing that you wish that you knew about Holy Spirit before like if if you could look back and tell your younger self something when you met Jesus, like what would that be? Like what what is it that you wish you knew then?
2: So the one thing that stands out is just knowing that you can hear the Lord and his voice word for word. And he does not only speak through scripture. Um, Growing up in all my life, I had been taught that he speaks through the word. And while that is true, it's he's not limited to the word. There is logos and there's Rhema. And Rhema is the spoken word of God. And he's never going to speak anything that's contrary to what we read in scripture. But for me, I'd always thought that that was the only way he communicated. But now I'm hearing him, in my ear, whispering. I'm hearing him through dreams and visions, and and that has really been the one thing that has totally transformed my idea of God and, and my heart for Him. It's it's cultivated a hunger and a passion. And like I shared the example the other night when I was praying about whether or not to marry Michael, whether or not this was the man that the Lord had for me. I remember telling my best girlfriend at the time, like just wish that, that God would speak to us today like he did Israel through the <laughs> prophets. And little did I know that he does, and he will, and he loves to. And so for me, that's been the biggest blessing is to learn that he does not speak in one way, not just
1: through the scriptures. I think where I'm at now, I'm, I'm certainly not in a place of resistance. i actually... <laughs> I'm actually in a place of, uh, with open hands. I want to know, I want to hear. Um, not only that, I I enjoy being used. So when I teach people now about the Holy Spirit, which, which is funny when (laughs) when I teach people about Holy Spirit, one of the, one of the main questions, or at least the illustrations that I use is, you know, you, you think about a person and, uh, who comes and brings a gift to someone and, if the person receives the gift, which do they value more? Do they do they value the relationship with the giver or do they value the gift? Mm. And it's it's interesting to hear what people say because oftentimes that's going to reveal uh, what a person thinks about the Father. And I've even had some people tell me that, well, I mean, the gift. Like, I mean, the gift is that's the whole reason you get the gift is the, it's it's the important thing. And I'm like, yeah, but... If you get the gift, you're missing out on the relationship with the giver. Mm. You know, if, that, if that's what your focus is, is on the gift, then you have completely shut off the relationship when the gift is actually just an extension of the relationship. It's just a, it's just a hey, I love you. And because we have this relationship, I want you to have this. Uh, and so I use that when talking about the gifts of the Spirit. I've enjoyed just trying to understand that my ability to be used and whatever comes from uh, my relationship with God mm-hmm. and just my identity—who I am. So I'm a son. Like I'm a son of the King, and because I'm a son of the King, He gives me all the benefits of of sonship. And yeah, so I get all of these things. I can be used by God to do a number of different things. I think for me, one of the things that would be helpful for people is to know that there aren't limitations to Holy Spirit. The only limits that he has are the ones that we place on him. Like it's knowing that he has a desire to to work. I mean, the Spirit will always glorify the Son, and the Son will always glorify the Father. Um, that that's just how it how it goes. And so, not to be fearful of what could take place. I mean, you know, growing up, we just we were in we were in places that it almost seemed they were fearful of what would take place because they had seen abuses mm-hmm. um but abuses of one thing doesn't mean that it has to ruin and and completely remove it and so learning that weren't just seeing limitations lifted is something that i think would be helpful do
2: you Focus want to on pray the
1: relationship. do you want, me to? Um, you want to pray well,
2: she wants
1: one of us, or both of us to pray. Well, well i'll do what you normally do to me you can pray and if i feel like i'm i, I should i will at the end <laughs> no.
2: So, Father, thank you so much for all the listeners that are tuning in. And God, I just thank you for leading them to this podcast because Lord, it is a testimony of the hunger that you placed within them. And God, I ask for more. I pray that you would increase every listener's hunger. And I thank you for your love for each one of them. Lord, it is not a generic love, it is a personal love that you have for every son and daughter. And um, I specifically want to pray for revelation knowledge that as your people begin to seek after your heart and read your word, um, Lord, I pray that they would receive revelation knowledge of who you are and that they would be able to comprehend with all the saints how wide and long and and deep and wide your love is for them, that they would experience it, that it would not just be intellectual knowledge, but it would become an experience and it would draw them closer to you. I thank you, Lord, that when we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And you say in your word, it's a promise that If we seek you with all of our heart, you will be found by us. So Lord, I thank you that every listener who is seeking you with all of their heart will find you. And I pray that you would release and pour out more of your spirit upon every listener or that you would saturate them and fill them with the Holy
0: Ghost in Jesus name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us and sharing your story. Thank you for having us. Thank you, April. (laughs) And I think uh, Rocky wants to say goodbye to everybody, too. I know. Rocky has made his appearance (laughs) in the background.
2: (laughs) Woo-hoo!